0: It's the On Flyers podcast for Thursday, June 15th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that wants to know about the new guys that we got from the L.A. Kings in the Ivan Provorov three-way trade.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to talk about that.
0: We're going to get into the details on Sean Walker, mm-hmm. Cal Peterson, and Helge Granz all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube. We're on the SiriusXM app. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we dig in to Sean Walker, defenseman, uh, some news that broke yesterday for the Flyers. First off, congrats to the Vegas Golden Knights on winning yep. the Stanley Cup, and uh, now it's officially the off season for everybody, and that's good for the Flyers. Moving ahead, the Flyers made their uh, qualifying offers for RFAs and did so for Noah Cates, Morgan Frost, and Ollie um on the forward side, on the defensive side. Ronnie Adderd and Cam York, uh, which is, uh, I think, a good sign.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that was pretty much expected. I don't think it's any surprise.
0: Right. More notable, I think, was uh, who did not get qualifying offers, but I think also expected, but also at least Just good to see confirmed Um, Evan Barrett, who we've never really talked about because he was injured all season. Uh, Kiefer Bellows, and that was expected, but just good to know 100%. Yeah, that he's going to become a UFA and defenseman Wyatt Wiley, who we know has gotten the short end of the stick, so to speak, and um, knew really just knew that he didn't have a future with the Flyers. He may have a a future in hockey, uh, but certainly not with the Flyers. No,
1: no doubt. I mean, we talked about that.
0: Yeah, we did. And then uh, the other note from the qualifying offer announcement is that they've decided to retain the rights to Ivan Fedotov and are going to roll over his contract for the next season, whether he's here or not. I think it's good to retain his rights in that way should circumstances change, but I don't expect to see him necessarily. you won't be. And then uh, one other piece of news, the Rookie Series is officially back for next season. Uh, We talked about it, that it was definitely going to happen. They just hadn't made the official announcement. So September 15th to 16th at PPL Center, there'll be the Flyers versus the Rangers kids. And uh, it's always a good time and a good way to kick off uh, on ice action for the next season.
1: Yeah, fun to watch. I covered it last year, so did you.
0: Yep. And uh, another bit of news for us and for you, our listeners. Uh, thank you so much for listening and subscribing, especially over on YouTube. Uh, on yesterday's show, we talked; we were at the 799 mark, and we just needed one or two subscribers, and y'all came through big time. So once again, thank you so much. We're well over the 800 mark, so we're gonna have that giveaway, and we'll talk about it in the details at the end of today's show. So, Russ, Sean Walker uh, was one of the players we got in the Ivan Provorov trade, and um, he's a 28-year-old right-handed defenseman. Um, he's got one year left on his contract at $2.65 million. And the thing about Sean Walker, he's a second-slash-third pairing guy overall, um, played second pair, I think, more with the Kings than he would with the Flyers, although depending on how things end up in the wash, he could end up as a second parent guy with the flyers. Um, He is a great skater. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that people notice about him the most. Um, But he had a very big injury in October of 2021 that took him out of the 21, 22 season. Um, And then, so he came back this past year, but it took him a while to get back to, you know, his ceiling of play. So, if you look at his numbers, you look at the first two months of the season, very bad overall. Uh, but then you saw like from December onward, things improved. And the things that he is good at, he got a lot better at. Um, and the things that he is not good at, he didn't get better at. <laughs> and so I think it he kind of tracked for who he is as a defenseman in terms of his play this past year.
1: Yeah, so a few things. Um, yeah, you you would like to see him shoot more. And he does miss the net quite a bit, so that's something where maybe they could tinker with that. Um, his puck battles one were actually up, but still only thirty-seven percent—not very good. Right. Um, he doesn't block shots, so he really is a puck-moving guy that gets the puck and then gets rid of the puck. It's not going to get a lot of points. I mean, there's a use for those guys, but I would never put him yeah. on the second pair. That's my that's my issue with him.
0: Right. And I think in a perfect world, he's a third pairing defenseman for that reason, yeah. but circumstances may dictate him playing on the second pairing some, but you're right. He's a guy that's going to you know, work well on the breakout, has good vision, is great skating. So he's going to get you through the neutral zone, get you into the offensive zone and dish off the puck to somebody else to do the work, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. 70% in the offensive zone, 22% in the defensive zone, 8% in the neutral zone. So clearly overly offensive.
0: Yes. And, you know, if you look at his ice time, virtually none on the power play, not a big percent of time on the penalty hill either. No. Um, and mentioning he doesn't block shots and he is definitely not the guy you want out there at the end of the game when you're trying to hold on to a lead and you're getting peppered with shots because he's not going to block them at all. And uh, that's just not what he's good at.
1: But his pay are high, like th- for what he draws and what he actually commits. It, it's it's more than double.
0: Yeah, and and you talk about the board battle as as part of that. Um, his takeaways per sixty were much lower than the giveaways, and that just shows that he's not a board battle right. uh, kind of guy. But again, you know what he's good at. He was very good at uh, later. In the season, and um, the LA Kings Insider blog, you know, du- you know, as all these blogs do, uh, do an end of season review, and they broke his stats out between the first two months of his season versus the last four, based on the injury recovery timeline, and um, you know, if you look, he's just a high event hockey guy. A lot mm-hmm. of things are going to happen offensively when he's on the ice. But a lot of things are also going to happen defensively while he's on the ice. But he did take those steps forward. So uh, the the LA Kings insider said, if you look uh, two months into the season, the Kings went from a minus six goal differential with Walker on the ice to a plus four through the end of the season. So, you know, if you look at the possession metrics, they were about the same, but on On the per 60 basis, you know, Walker's metrics rose. And if you look at the high danger chances for when he was on the ice versus the against ratio, that was the most improved. So while he's on the ice in those first two months of the season, 49.3% high danger chances for. The last four months of the season while he's on the ice, 58.5% high danger chances. So he's going to be the defenseman that's going to keep the puck in the zone and dish it off to somebody else, again, to make those offensive plays. So there is a role for that. It's very niche. I'm not sure that it fits with the Tortorella way. But I think, you know, if he's willing to adjust his game a little bit, I think the Flyers could take advantage of those skills.
1: I mean, they might be able to. What I'd like to know from those stats is, who did he pair with at the beginning of the season? Who did he pair with when the stats went up? That's what I would like to know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's hard to to look at. It does at, matter. Yeah, it absolutely does matter. And so I think that that's going to be a big deal in terms of figuring out the right guy to pair him up with in terms yeah. of being able, having the ability to take advantage of of what he's good at. Versus kind of hiding that defensive side of things, because yeah. man, does he need to improve in terms of that shot suppression? It's yeah, yeah, just yeah. not there. Do you think there's an existing Flyers defenseman that he could pair up with that would balance his skill set?
1: I mean, he'd do okay with with Sandheim. I mean, he would, um, yeah, because Sandheim really hasn't done great with his zone entries or exits, whichever way you want to look at that, and hasn't been overly offensive actually his defense probably improved a lot at the end of the year but his offense really wasn't there so you might put him with him you might put him with Risto but I have a feeling Risto is going to be on that top pairing so I don't think that's a possibility so I'd say maybe Sandheim but I I still would not really like him on the second pairing but if that's what they have to do that's what they have to do
0: yeah I think you know pairing him with Sandheim is probably the best option right now to your point, I think because of what he can do, Walker can do, and right. Sandheim loves to skate it up and take those offensive shots and those close-in shots, yeah. and that would allow him to do that. And Walker could stay back and you know keep do, have the keeps and exactly like I was just talking. So I think they could. I think as a starting off point, maybe that's where you, what you try out. I, I think so. All right, we have a lot more to talk about on today's show. We're going to talk about goaltender Cal Peterson coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on those last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the GameTime app is that it's great for getting notified about those last-minute deals. Plus, you can get views from your seats, which is something that's very important to me. The GameTime guarantee it means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you'll never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress on GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem the code locked on NHL for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guarantee all right Russ so Cal Peterson I think this was the most controversial part of the deal in terms of the players we got in return and I think it's mostly because of two things. Number one, Cal Peterson's performance in net over the last year or so, plus the cap hit of five million dollars for two more years for a guy that just hasn't quite panned out the way that he was expected to, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: I watched him going back to the college hockey playoffs when, you know, he decided he wanna play for Buffalo and and went went with the Kings and they thought he'd be a future number one, and I thought the same thing. But as these seasons rolled on, you know he had one good year, and and it's kind of slipped away from him. And I don't know what the issue is with him, but what I do know is he's not worth the money. And so that's you know they had to take the uh, the salary dump. Do I know that Cal Peterson will be there at the start of the year? I don't know, because I don't know if they'll buy him out. I don't know. Like let's just say. Arguments sake if they get rid of um, Sandstrom and you bury Peterson the miners Yeah, you won't save the whole 5 million, but you won't have money carrying over the next few years You just save like, you know about 2 million bucks something like that this year, which is still right. a savings um, Maybe you do that. I don't know. I'm not sure what they're gonna do with them uh, I'm sure Dillaba is gonna talk to them, but the numbers aren't good and they haven't been good. So, you know, I'm not looking for much
0: yeah, it's interesting because you wonder, okay, well, how did he get a five million dollar contract? You know, with it his play. All of starts in
1: 2021, 22. That's how.
0: Yeah, that, that 21-22 season was really, really good for him. And especially yeah. because the Kings at that time were going through it on the goalie side. That was when Jonathan Quick kind of lost his mojo. Yeah. Uh real bad. And Peterson, you know, was able to fill the gap for the Kings and he was rewarded with that contract extension and the $5 million salary. and um, But then at the end of that season, Quick took over again and got the playoff start. So, um, you know, once he earned the contract, he didn't really follow through with the quality playoff game. That's it. Yep. So if you look at that 21-22 season for Cal Peterson, um, I think, you know, part of the problem is that the Kings or not goal scorers. They were mm-hmm. like a a close win, you know, a 2-1 a th- yeah. kind of win sort of team or a one nothing win sort of team. I mean, I remember watching Flyers versus Kings games from that block of, of years, even starting a couple years before it. They were just close, low-scoring games every mm-hmm. single time. So, you know, if you look at his numbers, they were pretty good. You know, ninth-best yeah. goals against average um, for – Players with at least fifteen wins, and you know, he, again, he just followed the pattern of the team. He won those close games, and and so did the the Kings. But if the underlying numbers were not as good, and they were kind of hidden, so you know, if he, if you look at his goal saved above average, he was in the negative even yeah, in that year. point
1: something. I saw that. It's bad.
0: Yeah, and Will was worse than Martin Jones, which right. is. Like, if you think about it, like, not that Martin Jones was that bad. Martin Jones always let in a soft goal every game, right? Every game. Every game. So if you look at that, to have that goals saved above average number be negative and worse than Martin Jones, I think that says something. So they basically shoved him back into the AHL this past year. He did play, you know, 10 games in the NHL, but it was very clear um, he was going to be with the Ontario Reign. He played 40 games with them. Um, 16, 20, and four with a 2.88 goals against average and 9.04 save percentage. So, okay, but not really. You know, well,
1: I mean, for that league percentage, the save percentage should be higher. I don't know what the average is, but I'm guessing around 9.11, 9.12.
0: It was interesting because Phoenix Copley, who we've seen a lot of, if you watch the Phantoms, um, he got traded or or signed with the rain and kind of took over that spot. That Cal Peterson would have had, and so Phoenix Copley got the call-ups for the Kings that Peterson did not.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Like, and Phoenix Copley did really well. Like, the whole he thing did. just seemed weird. But then, you know, you start looking at it and digesting it, and you realize, yeah, whatever reason, it's not working out for Peterson, and he's not a super young guy.
0: Yeah, it's uh, he's twenty-eight. So, you know, I think this is really his last shot right? In terms of turning things around for him. Um, Now, I will say that, you know, Ontario was not really that good this past year. The defense in front of him was terrible. So I, I do want to put that asterisk next to it for him. And, you know, in terms of, you know, there's a reason why maybe his numbers weren't as good as they could have, been. But at the same time, again, Copley managed to make it work and got those call ups. So, yeah. you know, you kind of got to look at both sides uh, of this in terms of figuring out why Peterson's numbers were the way that they were. Um, you know, again, based on who's available, Cal Peterson was on the Team USA roster for Ben's Worlds, um, but Casey DeSmith got all the big starts. So he did, you know, Peterson did get some ice time. Uh, 43 saves on 45 shots in 168 minutes over three games. So, you know, solid. Uh, but again, was, he wasn't.
1: He was a little above, a little behind that below average. 904, shockingly, 904 was the average save. In the AHL. In the AHL. So he was below average, but not that far below average, but right. still it's the AHL. But yes, I thought they'd have a higher save percentage, and it wasn't.
0: Yeah. So there is a good goaltender in Cal Peterson in there somewhere. It's just that um, he did not make it happen in this past year and is certainly not worth the $5 million a year. But I also think change of scenery is a big deal in the NHL, and I think especially so with goaltenders. And if the Flyers um, changes to the player development crew that have been made what their mission is in terms of player development. I mean, maybe this is a good thing for him. And maybe we get a good result from Cal Peterson. I, I just don't want to say it's automatically going to be bad, no matter what. I think there's definite hope and possibility there. Again, because we've seen him play really well. And, and the fact that Peterson was able to kind of take the job away from Jonathan Quick says something.
1: So, yeah, there's always the chance of what you said. Actually, so he was at 904. He was at league average. But in the playoffs, he was in 826, which is yeah. really unacceptable for two games. No,
0: Ontario was bad in the playoffs. So. Yeah.
1: Um, the thing about it is, like I said, he may never hit the ice, he could be a buyout, and you never see Cal yep. That is a a possibility. So again, I don't I don't see a role for him unless Carter Hart gets traded. There is no role for him. Now, if he's gonna go down to the minors. That's fine. And you can have him down there, you know, with Sandstrom and it gives you at least um, a guy that you can call up and down. You don't lose Sandstrom. OK, if that's what you want to do. That's fine. But we all know Urson's going to win the backup job because John likes him. Like, I think we all know that. So there, right. really, there is no role for Cal Peterson unless Carter Hart's gone. That's my only thing.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, obviously the buyout scenario doesn't really work well for if they do it now i think if they waited a year it would be okay yeah um but the cap
1: for the little bit of savings
0: right for this first year but like if you buy him out now you got to pay the full salary for this like have the full salary as a cap hit this year and then you know you've got like a 1.1 million for a couple of years you know yeah and that's manageable but Yeah, I just don't see them doing a buyout this year.
1: No, probably not. I think they're just going to send them down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's a really tough scenario. They're like having a a goalie crunch like this, especially if they can't trade Felix Sandstrom in this scenario. Because if Cal Peterson becomes the Felix Sandstrom-like object, then I I think it's going to be a really difficult crunch it won't be a
1: great year for him because he'll just be up and down he won't play much when he gets called up because John won't want to play him yeah we've seen it happen so it's not going to shock me if it happens again
0: yeah so uh, we'll see what the Flyers decide to do with him we've got you know obviously the draft and free agency and and things could be very different by the time all uh, of the all the dust settles there, but uh, yeah, I think that there, there's a lot of issues, but there's a lot of opportunity with Cal Peterson as well. I feel like it's the same with Helge Grand's uh, prospect who we got in that deal, and we will talk about him coming up next.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I look better and feel great wearing Bird Dog shorts and pants. The stretchy fabric makes everything look good. They're comfy and they're comfier than my other shorts and pants. Uh, I like them. Again, I wear them doing yard work. I wear them on long walks. I wear them sometimes all day long. Like, they're really good. They um, they do move with you, and, and they're very comfortable. And honestly, the anti-wicking is good. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter promo code locked on NHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NHL for a free... Yeti-style tumbler, you won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you.
0: So, Helge Granz, Russ, uh, definitely on the prospect side. He's 21, though, uh, but he's a big guy, Mm 6'3", and 205, right-handed defenseman. He was drafted 35th overall in 2020, so a pretty high pick. Um, Mm -hmm. And right now, he's still in his ELC, and we got the slide in the contract because he played less than 10 games his first year. So we have um, two more years left on his deal, but it's, you know, 847, 400. He'll, he'll be an RFA then. And I think that, you know, similarly to Walker, but in a very different style of play, he's much better offensively than defensively. Um, The Kings knew that when they drafted him, but they thought the defensive side of his game was fixable. And that's kind of, they went with sort of a project with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, they thought the defensive side was fixable, but they were expecting a certain amount of offense that hasn't come around yet either. Uh, yeah. Maybe it still does. He's twenty-one, but it hasn't yet. Uh, time in the defensive zone, thirteen percent. Time in the offensive zone, seventy-eight uh, percent. Neutral zone, nine percent. Thanks to Instat for these stats, but that's pretty telling. Uh, a lot of things were down on him, including shots. I mean, again, that's that wasn't that's not a good sign. And so, like you know my current feeling on him is uh even if you were going to play him in a top four situation he's a puck movie defenseman he's he's good speed he's a good puck movie defenseman he's not going to win you many puck battles he'll win some he'll win some he, he won't like he's better than than walker on puck battles because of the 6-3 and the reach and everything but right um but right now he's missing a lot of shots and he's not even taking a lot of shots So, so that's an issue. He used to do a lot of penalty killing that's gone down. So maybe they'll, John will help him with the penalty uh, kill. Um, But again, so far trending down.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, if you look at his numbers, um, he did improve uh, a lot in that first year. Like he made a lot of progress, but then he sort of plateaued Mm -hmm. and, and just did not get any better either offensively or defensively. And that's where the concern was. And obviously that's why they were willing to part with Granz uh, in this deal. But again, I think, you know, if you're the Flyers, you got to take some of these guys. Um, you might have liked to see the Flyers get a slightly better prospect than Granz um, in the deal. But um, this is who the Kings were willing to part with in order. Draft
1: pick. That's that's your.
0: Yeah, we got the draft pick. And that's the most important part of all of this. But I think that again, he could benefit from the change of scenery and a different development program, a different system, and kind of reboot that progress that he had made the year before. Um I think that you know part of his upside is that he knows how to adjust his game with any kind of d partner mm-hmm. uh, and that that is a good thing to have the flexibility to be able to play with all different kinds of of defensemen um very adaptive in his play um like you said he could get some pk time with the flyers um and will certainly do so with lehigh valley i think he's gonna start off there and he's gonna start off there
1: because he's not even played in in the nhl yet and right all the stats we gave were for ahl um and yeah so he's gonna have to prove that besides the puck moving that there is some offense in his game because if he doesn't then a guy like Zamula is still more valuable than him. Exactly. Zamula, you know, is exactly the same kind of defenseman and has a little bit of offense in his game too. So that's what he's going to have to prove. And that's up to him.
0: Yeah. And I think that he'll have the opportunity there and it'll be a little sheltered for him in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um, where he won't have a huge spotlight on him, but there'll be high expectations for him in Lehigh Valley. And I think that with, um, the way the Flyers' defensive side of things is, as it stands currently, again, things could change very drastically. We don't know yet. And you're going to have
1: three Swedes down there possibly to start the season. So Yeah. On the blue be. line.
0: Yeah, it could be a lot of fun, honestly, yeah. to watch all those Swedes. Yep, but yep. at the same time, I think some of those other guys, you know, could be getting more time with the Flyers this season. So there'll be room for Gans to have the ice time that yeah. he needs in order to get that development. And I think that's the most important part of all this.
1: Yeah. I mean, in the end, that may be the way it shakes out too. And if it does, that's fine. Uh, I just, I'm not going to put any long-term hopes on him right now. We'll just see.
0: Yeah. And uh, again, it could go either way with him, I think, but there there is room for that improvement. He's We've taken seen... way too
1: many penalties too. He's another one that needs to sort of back off on that.
0: But I think there is that room for improvement. We've seen him improve before, so maybe yep. he can do it again. And uh, and I think he'll have the opportunity to do so with the Phantoms. Very much looking forward to seeing what he does with with them in Lehigh Valley and and under you know the system with lappy there. Yep. So that's your uh, new flyers for the season as of now from the L.A. Kings in the Ivan Provorov deal. I want to get back to our giveaway that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Again, thank you all so much for subscribing over onto YouTube. Keep it coming. We've got more giveaways once we hit the other the next milestones uh, at 900 and 1,000. Um, so our first giveaway is a Carter Hart Young Guns rookie card. It's in a protective holder, so it's in mint condition. And uh, those are pretty rare and worth something. So good to have in your collection. So what you'll need to do is, we're gonna post a picture of the card over on YouTube, and you comment on that post with your pick for the Flyers at seventh overall in the draft. It'll be good for us to get a sense of, of what you guys out there want for the Flyers in this draft. Then we'll enter all of those screen names into a random drawing, we'll message the winner, and you'll send your info to us with a screenshot showing you're subscribed and you'll have your uh, Carter Hart rookie card just for listening. And uh, once again, thank you so much for listening each and every day and and we'll continue to have great content as we get closer to the draft. And this offseason, free agency into next season and follow us along for this rebuild. Cause I, I have like a lot of hope going into this rebuild and I think it's going to be a really interesting one given the personnel really? involved and, and a lot of fun for flyers fans. So as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions, you can tweet us at lockdown flyers, email us at lockdown flyers at gmail or you can comment over on YouTube um, each and every day when we post the show. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Have a great day, everyone.